Pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training. What prospects have a chance to win Rookie of the Year in 2024? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Okay, so... Now that pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training, which, by the way, I absolutely love all of the videos, you know, the guys walking up to the facility, get to see how they dress, the initial playing catch. I've never been more excited to see somebody play catch than I get on uh, pitchers and catchers reporting day. So it was great. Also Valentine's Day, but that's not what's important here. What's important is the baseball. But watching all these players come in and start spring training, start practice, got me wondering about where we stand with the rookie of the year races. We assume that the National League is going to go to Yamamoto, but I'm really curious to check in and see where both of these are. So we're going to go to fanduel.com slash locked on. They did not pay extra for this, but this is obviously the source I'm going to use and look at the rookie of the year odds. And the American League, I think, is a more interesting race right now because one, it's not, it, it's closer than the National League is. Uh, And there's not an overwhelming favorite, but there are some guys who legitimately have a decent case. So um, as of Wednesday, your rookie of the year favorites in the American League. Number one, Evan Carter, Texas Rangers, plus 280. It's hard to find fault with this. And if you think about it, Evan Carter makes a lot of sense to be the favorite for rookie of the year. Uh, Came up late in the year last year, played really well at the major league level, uh, and he wasn't overwhelmed with the moment or that debut. So it's really hard to argue that a guy that produced in the regular season and then produced in the postseason should not be the favorite for rookie of the year. I mean, he batted 303 down the stretch. Now, it was only 40 games. And the only reason that Evan Carter is still rookie eligible is because the rest of his games that he played after the 40 in the regular season were in the postseason. And they don't count towards prospect eligibility. So, yeah, he, he 40 games, 303, 415, 574 with six homers, 20 extra base hits and 22 walks to 43 strikeouts. The thing for Evan Carter is, does he have the absolute highest ceiling of any of these prospects? No, but he has the most success at the highest level. And so because of that, it makes sense for him to be the favorite. Plus, it feels like after what he did, that he's not a lock, but he is incredibly likely to be on the opening day roster. The one thing that I will point out that could impact Evan Carter's ability to get enough playtime or produce enough to win Rookie of the Year is he does have less performance against lefties than righties. So last year, and this is only 
from one year. So grain of salt there. But he batted 302 in 482 plate appearances against right-handed pitching. 302, 422, 527. Against left-handed pitching, just over 100 plate appearances. Evan Carter batted 242, 349, 253. Significantly lower production. He had a grand total of one extra base hit, and that was a double. Everything else, 21 were singles. He struck out 28 times, walked four times. So there is a significant lack of not only hits, but extra base hits for Evan Carter against lefties. And so it is entirely possible that maybe early he gets platooned against lefties and doesn't get as much playtime, which impacts his ability to get some of the stats you need to be the rookie of the year. But he's still the favorite and with good reason. Behind him, Jackson Holiday of the Baltimore Orioles at plus 400. And again, we've virtually ad nauseum now. We've beaten this to death about Jackson Holiday is going to have a chance to win a job in spring training. They did confirm he will be playing a lot of second base in spring, which is something that we discussed on this show. Had some Baltimore fans get mad at us about not having him at shortstop over Gunnar Henderson and moving Gunnar to third. But I'll say again what I said last week. I think it's more likely than not that they ease him into the major leagues by not asking him to be the starting shortstop on a what should be a World Series contending team in 2024. It just it feels like it's easier to let him play some second base and ease him into it with the idea of eventually being able to move him over if he's doing Wyatt Langford of the Texas Rangers plus 750 has the third best odds for rookie of the year. And this all comes down to he was absolutely insane last year after being drafted. We talked about this some yesterday, but he is a player I feel like that could absolutely mash in spring training and earn his way onto the roster. Now, again, I don't know if that's the best thing to do for both the Rangers and for Wyatt Langford because it feels like the potential to have a prolonged slump is here once a book gets out on how to handle, how to face, how to beat Wyatt Langford. You just he didn't spend enough time at any one level last year for that to come up. But uh, the power is absurd, and it makes sense he would be in this top list. Colt Keith fourth at plus one thousand for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, he signed the extension. All indications are he's going to be the starting uh, the opening day second baseman. Uh, have a starting role there. We'll see what happens. Touched on that a little bit yesterday. Junior Caminero tied with Colt Keith for fourth at plus 1,000. I'm beginning to wonder if Junior Caminero will open 2024 at the major league level or not. He doesn't actually have a lot of at-bats above double-A. Remember, he came from double-A straight to the majors last year, covered some third base, covered some shortstop. You had mitigating circumstances behind needing a shortstop there. And so... I don't know if they want him to play shortstop in 20 or sorry, to spend more time at the minors in AAA in Durham in 2024, or if their intention is to let him play his way onto the roster in spring training. We know he's one of the best power hitters in all of baseball already. He's an amazing talent, but this is an organization that is cognizant of service time concerns and 
does have other options who can play third base and second base and things like that. And so I wonder what they're going to do. I don't legitimately know. We saw them go out and make a trade to have an option at, at shortstop. You've got Isaac Paredes, who can play third, the Pole King Merchant. And so really curious to see what happens there. Nolan Shanwell is sixth at plus 1300 with the Los Angeles Angels. And it really interesting, one of those scenarios, we talked about this, where he was drafted last year and spent time in the majors last year because the Angels accelerated him to the big leagues. I still have questions about the power ceiling. He did show better power production in the majors than in the minors last year. But it's something where the power was never necessarily amazing, even with a wood or, comp- or a metal or composite bat, never mind a wood bat. And so he can survive as a high contact, high on base, first base option. But it's definitely an atypical profile. And I wonder if rookie of the year voters will recognize that profile. Let's say Nolan Shane will goes the whole season and hits 15 home runs, but he bats 275. Is that good enough for voters to vote for him as rookie of the year over a guy like a Wyatt Langford who could hit 30 or a guy like a Jackson Holiday who could have a much more prominent role on a East Coast team? Last guy before we get to the commercial break, Kyle Manzardo, the Cleveland Guardians at plus 1800 has the seventh best odds of rookie of the year. We've discussed this on the show before. I don't know exactly how the playtime is going to break out for Kyle Manzardo in 2024 because Naylor played a good first base last year. He can also DH. They also took Devison De Los Santos in the Rule 5 draft, who is that same first base DH profile, although flashes a lot more power and a lot worse hit tool. And so there is a realistic scenario where Kyle Manzardo does not debut on opening day because they have to let the DDLS thing run its course before they call him up. And so he's on here because the talent's great, but I wonder about the playing time and how that's going to work out. We'll find out here in spring training uh, how much if De Los Santos has a chance of making the open day roster and or actually playing, and if Manzardo is going to be in that mix as well. Because you could have those three guys and give somebody a day off virtually every day and rotate that through, or Naylor could play almost every day and Manzardo and DDLS could take turns. We'll see what happens there. In just a minute, let's get to the National League because we think this is going to go chalk, but there's a lot of intriguing stuff behind this Rookie of the Year race. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Uh, Buying tickets to your favorite event. It's not necessarily just a sporting event, a concert, a comedy show, a theater event. It shouldn't be stressful, right? It should be simple and easy and fast. And that is what the Game Time app does. It gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because one, you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect. You get an all-in price up front, so you know exactly what kind of deal you're getting. You buy the tickets and see you buy the tickets in seconds with just two taps. And then what's great is you're protected by the game time guarantee. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what you paid with game time, they will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the 
Uh, fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, back to Rookie of the Year, and we're looking at the National League. It is very obvious that the favorite in the National League, and it makes a lot of sense, is Yoshinobu Yamamoto of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I've I've gone on the record before as discussing this. Sully of Locked On MLB and I had this conversation. I personally feel that if you can make different rules for international free agency when it comes to foreign professionals versus your standard international free agents. And this is guys that are over the age of 25 that have a minimum number of seasons in a professional league overseas are not subject to the traditional international free agency signing rules. So the amount of your international bonus pool does not matter. The time deadlines on when you can sign does not matter. You are still in, in certain cases, required to follow the posting system rules and offer the posting feedback to the original club. But the rules are different if you have been a foreign professional. If we can make that distinction when it comes to signing these players, how much money they make, we should be able to make that same distinction when it comes to the Rookie of the Year award. And I think in the past, part of the reason you haven't really seen too much of an outcry for something like that has been one, how often players came from overseas and players good enough to win rookie of the year. And then two, the fact that there wasn't really anything other than bragging rights and marketing opportunities for the organization that had that player. But as you'll remember now, we are in the world of the prospect promotion incentive. And so there is now stake in the game. There is extra bonus money for those players. There is draft pick compensation for the teams for having a rookie of the year. And so because of that, one, you've seen some of the rating, I'm going to call it rating agencies, some of the prospect lists intentionally exclude foreign professionals. So Yamamoto may win may very well may win Rookie of the Year, and he is the favorite, plus 180 as of time of recording. But enough of the different prospect lists did not rank him because he was a foreign professional where the Los Angeles Dodgers would not get an extra draft pick were he to win Rookie of the Year. And I honestly think that is the right choice to not give them a draft pick for signing a foreign professional versus developing a prospect that can win Rookie of the Year. Now, that being said, I think the easier solution is just exclude those guys from Rookie of the Year. And I made this suggestion before, create an award, name it something, name it after a foreign professional. Maybe it's the Ichiro Suzuki Award. Maybe it's the Hideo Nomo Award. But name it after a prominent foreign professional that came over and had success in MLB and give that award to the best foreign professional in baseball every season, or the best new foreign professional in baseball every season, rather than 
letting them win rookie of the year from players who were signed as amateurs or drafted as amateurs and developed as traditional prospects. But it's also not a guarantee Yamamoto wins rookie of the year. You have a couple things working against him. The first one is the schedule. We talk about this a lot when it comes to college pitchers, right? About college pitchers going from throwing one day a week to throwing every five days. And we don't have a lot of hard and fast data on what that transition does. It's all anecdotal stuff. Like, for instance, Paul Skeens, after being drafted, made a couple starts. And the anecdotal evidence was he was not throwing as hard or looked as crisp in his starts that he made every five days versus what he did during the college season where he pitched once a week. Now, how much of that was fatigue from the season? He had a very long season. And how much of that was adjustment to the schedule? We don't know. But that is an unknown with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Even if they go to a six-man rotation, which is a virtual guarantee, he still may be throwing every five or six days, or every six days, versus pitching once a week like he did in Japan. So that, that is one. Number two, he is using a different baseball. Now, from what I have read and understand, he has a little experience with the MLB ball. As far as the World Baseball Classic, he used that ball a little bit, and we have some pitch data from that to see that the stuff wasn't that much different. But it is a different baseball. It is also a different travel schedule, obviously the acclimation that comes with a new country and all of that, as well as a higher level of competition. So it's not a guarantee that Yamamoto wins Rookie of the Year. It is incredibly likely Kodai Senga had to deal with, where it takes him a while to adjust to Major League Baseball. So he may or may not win it. We'll see. Behind him, a couple other foreign professionals have opportunities. First, before them, Jackson Churio of the Milwaukee Brewers, plus 850, the other guy who signed a pre-debut extension. He is on track to be the opening day center fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll see what happens there. After him, center fielder Young-Hoo Lee of the San Francisco Giants, plus 900. Another question about the conversion over to professional, to Major League Baseball. although. As a non-pitcher, you think the conversion probably would not be as tough. We'll see how that goes. Shota Imanaga, plus 1,100 to the Chicago Cubs. A pitcher and a guy that does not reportedly have the premium velocity or the track record that Yamamoto has. So again, we will see what happens there as far as Imanaga's ability to transition. I think throwing pitch locations will be big on him. Where does he throw some of these pitches? Uh, he, he didn't have optimal locations in some of his, I think it was a World Baseball Classic stuff and some of his earlier stuff, but I think a lot of that can be fixed by game calling and coaching and deliberate strategy. So I, th I think that was just the way his game has always played versus what works in the States with our slightly different game. Nuelvi Marte, plus 1,100, has the fifth best odds for Rookie of the Year in the National League. And I am very curious about where everybody is going to play. We know that L.A. La Cruz is at short. They came out and said that. We know that Matt McClain is at second. They came out and said that. Heimer Candelario was signed, and a lot of people are penciling him into third base. But I do want to point out, we talked about this at the trade deadline last year. He had the weakest arm of any third base starter last year, I believe, period. And when he went over to the Cubs, who need a third baseman, you saw them use him at third and at first. And so it's entirely likely he plays more first base than third. Noel V. Marte can play all those infield positions. 
He's reportedly spent a little bit of time in the outfield as well. I think that Marte is, is still likely to be your starting third baseman on opening day with Candelario at first and Christian Encarnacion Strand as your DH. You also have Jonathan India you have to figure out in there. He still may get traded. Spencer Steer has been working in the outfield and left field. You've got one too many guys here, right? And so Marte could start in AAA, but I do also think it's incredibly likely he earns a spot in spring training just by mashing and they go ahead and move India or have somebody else maybe start in the minors. CES could start in the minors. He has options as well. We'll see what happens. In just a minute, let's talk about some of the pitchers here and one, the difficulty they have with winning Rookie of the Year, but who some of the guys are that are on the list because I think it's rather interesting. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. All of the bets that are being processed right now are NBA. You can bet on your favorite NBA players, your favorite NBA teams. They've got quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So go find the most lopsided NBA matchup you can on FanDuel.com slash locked on. Shoot your shot there with your $5 bet. And when you win, you get $150 in bonus bets that you can use to go out on these rookie of the year odds or any of the other MLB odds. They've got division winners, league winners, World Series. They have win totals. They have who's going to make the playoffs and specific player specials. Who's going to lead the league in home runs? Props for individual players. How many home runs will Aaron Judge finish with over or under 43 and a half? Strikeout props for guys like Yamamoto, who we just discussed. Will he have more or less than 172 and a half strikeouts? They've got stolen base props for all kinds of young players. Anthony Volpe, Ronald Acuna Jr., Trey Turner, Ellie De La Cruz, Corbin Carroll. So go to Fando.com slash locked on. Then make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment of Locked On Ability Prospects, and yes, most of the favorites for Rookie of the Year, with the exception of the two foreign professionals in the National League in the top five there, are position player prospects. And that is simply because that is who is most likely to win Rookie of the Year in this modern era of baseball, where... You have workload concerns and questions. You have adjustments to the majors questions. Your stuff has to be so much better. And you have six-man rotations, giving guys extra rest, things like that. It's just increasingly unlikely that a pitcher wins Rookie of the Year. it's, It's so unlikely that in the last decade, only three pitchers have won Rookie of the Year. Jacob deGrom won the NL Award in 2014, Michael Fulmer won the American League Award in 2016, and Devin Williams, the reliever for the Brewers, won the award in the shortened 2020 season. Now, we've seen starting pitchers come close. Spencer Strider, Delana Braves, was the runner-up in 22. Tanner Bibby was the runner-up to Gunnar Henderson last year uh, in the American League. But it's just increasingly unlikely that this happens. And even when you look at those guys that won it, 
Devin Williams won it with 27 innings, but one, he was a reliever. Two, it was the shortened 2020 season, so nobody had a ton of innings. And it was absurd. His ERA was 0.33. But outside of that, Michael Fulmer pitched 159 innings in 2016. Jacob deGrom pitched 140 in 2014 and had an ERA under 2.7. And Tanner Bibby had 142 innings. And so how many of these prospects look like they could pick up that many innings and have an ERA that low to have a chance of winning the award. Spencer Strider only threw 131 in 2022, but he still had an ERA of 2.67 and 18-something strikeouts per nine innings, and still it wasn't enough to win the award. So looking at some of the pitchers on the list, there's definitely a lack of options in the American League. Going through the top 26 names, because that's literally all they gave you was 26 options, there are four pitchers in the American League that even have odds on FanDuel. Emerson Hancock of the Seattle Mariners is at plus 2,000. Ricky Tiedemann of the Toronto Blue Jays, plus 7,500. Clayton Beater of the New York Yankees is at plus 20,000. And Jack Leiter of the Texas Rangers is at plus 20,000. And I'm assuming he's on there because Scherzer and DeGrom are not going to be ready to start the regular season. And so they think if he gets a starting spot in spring training and can stay up all year, he should have enough innings and hopefully enough production to win the award. I'm not putting, I always make jokes about 20 plus 20,000 odds. Why not throw 10 bucks on it? I don't even feel great about that. Just simply because he's struggled so much in his entire minor league career that it doesn't feel like that he's, one, he's going to debut early enough this year to win. Never mind pitch well enough and for the whole season to do it. Because again, you need something around at minimum 140 innings to be one of the top finishers in Rookie of the Year. Does it feel like he's going to give you that? Now, the National League does have more options and some guys who I think could pick up meaningful innings. Kyle Harrison, San Francisco Giants, has the eighth best odds at plus 2,400. That's a team that lost several regular several regular starters and he got some time in the majors last year to learn what works and what doesn't max meyer of the miami marlins is at ninth plus 2600 he is tied with new milwaukee brewers lefty dl hall and of those two i think i like hall better than meyer but neither one am i super confident in what is a stacked national league that has other foreign professional pitchers like Shota Ibanaga and Yamamoto ahead of them. AJ Smith-Shaver, the Atlanta Braves, is at 17th at plus 4,000. Another guy that got time last year, including in the playoffs. And depending on the leap that he makes in the offseason with the work that he did to uh, handle a bigger workload, he didn't throw 100 innings last year, uh, there, there is a possibility that he stays up in the majors Is he going to get to 140? I'm not sure. And if he did, are they going to be effective enough innings to get him up into the top of the race? I don't quite know. Orion Kirkering of the Philadelphia Phillies. Really interesting one. Plus 7,000. We talked on this show last couple weeks ago and a couple months ago. It's the most unique slider in all of baseball. It's a really good fastball to go along with it. And you saw how much he dominated when he came up last year. There's a legit possibility Orion Kirkering could pitch well enough 
to be in the mix, but for a reliever to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to have to be exceptionally good, and he's going to need to do it in safe situations. He's not going to be a, a setup man and win Rookie of the Year unless his ERA is under one with 60 innings in the majors. And even then, he might not win it. And so with their bullpen, the way it's constructed, is he going to get enough high leverage and save situations to win Rookie of the Year? I don't quite know if he will. Yuki Matsui at the Padres is right behind Kirk Green at plus 8,000 in 23rd place. And this is one where reportedly he's going to be the closer out of spring training. But I think there's this, these odds being so low, are one, he's not on as good of a team as the Phillies and Orion Kirk Green. And two, you've got the same questions about his adjustment that you have about Yamamoto and Imanaga. Pitching more often on a longer a longer regular season schedule, using a new ball, things like that. So I understand why he's 23rd. And then Mick Abel of the Philadelphia Phillies is in 25th plus 11,000. Don't know if they're going to have him come up. Again, don't know if he'll pitch enough innings with good enough control to uh, be in the rookie of the year race, but it's going to be really interesting nonetheless. couple sleepers in each league I want to throw out there. Kobe Mayo in the American League plus 7,500. If he gets the first base spot in spring training, which is not likely, but if he does, that's a really intriguing option for Rookie of the Year because he can mash. Same thing in the National League. Michael Bush plus 3,000 for the Chicago Cubs. I think he will get the spring training spot. I think he will hit for more power than a lot of people are expecting. And if that happens, he can be up there for Rookie of the Year because hitting 30 home runs is a great way to get a lot of attention in the Rookie of the Year race. So we'll see what happens there. One more show this week. All of the teams have released their non-roster invitee lists. We're going to go through and talk about the prospects invited to spring training, including some of the guys that are quietly really good odds to make their roster in 2024. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you have questions for the Monday Mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. We've got email. We've got a Discord. All of that's in the episode description in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 